Hi, I'm Joel Applebaum, Chief Content Officer for ERMI. In this podcast, you will learn about impactful construction technology demonstrated at ERMI's sold-out construction risk conference in Las Vegas. This technology is used to connect safety and risk teams. I'm glad to have as our guest, Kevin Miranda, the president of Mac Safety and the founder of Mac Intelligence. With a decade of experience working with high-risk environments, Kevin is an expert in delivering risk management services, utilizing technology at the enterprise level. He's also passionate about helping organizations protect their employees and their assets. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, Joel. Thanks for having me. Right, we are so glad to have you. Well, let's get this started. Can you give us an overview of how your technology evolved to where it is today? Yeah, sure. I think that it's important to kind of start with where the technology uh, grew from. So we have a consulting company of about 75 employees scattered all across the country. And then that's been ongoing since 2006, providing staffing and services. And I think that what we really understood early on was we had great access to help clients and partners of the alike create better safety cultures, better safety environments. However, as we were creating those, we were understanding that they were levered on people's abilities, people's experiences. And our thought process was, well, can we build a smart safety management software, risk intelligence software that can allow for it not to be levered on someone's experiences, someone's heuristics, and someone's knowledge? So in 2019, we incubated a company called Mac Intelligence, and we began to build a product called Nixon. So we brought in some really great computer scientists and full-stack developers from Carnegie Mellon here in Pittsburgh, and we've just been growing that ever since. So kind of at the end of the day, you're given a, a data-driven approach to selecting risk reduction tools, potentially for construction yeah. sites? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Can Nixon leverage data and artificial intelligence that enables a, a company of any size or any industry to transform decision-making and, and risk strategies? Yes. I think that uh, the way that we've ar architected Nixon was basically a skateboard, right? And the wheels of the skateboard are the really, really deep learning, high-depth models that we've built. And then from there, basically a company's workflows, call that a pre-task plan, a JSA, a JHA, a toolbox talk, an incident, incident investigation, so on and so forth, across basically any industry kind of lives as the deck of the skateboard. Those become input layers, and then we have a deep learning model or a neural network model that starts to understand all of these different input layers, build hidden layers, and really start to help companies predict incident injury loss and more. Awesome. That, you know, to get at specifically how the tool positively influences risk reduction, because that, that was a, a lot. Could you give me a very specific example for the construction industry? Sure. So today, I would imagine that there is hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of foremen across the country that will have to fill out a pre-task plan of some sort. In Nixon, you fill out that pre-test plan, and as you're filling out the pre-test plan, the model is working in the background, rating risk in real time based off of the actions you're doing, the risk associated to those actions, 
and the mitigators that you do or do not have in place. So this really allows for that end user to interface with a model. And this model is built off all the data, right? So the goal for us is always to bring data to the person that actually needs it when they need it. You know, there's the old adage of sell, sell water to thirsty people. And we really try <laughs> to take that same approach. And I would say that that specifically is one of the ways that we interact. And then from there, you start to get real-time feedback on that information. So you submit it. And then throughout the day, Nixon's tracking how often you revise it, how many crew members you added, the crew members' experience, how often the crew is changing and what the crew is doing on a daily basis. So there's just a lot of information that we're kind of packing in. And what we're trying to do is really create empirical data so that safety people can anticipate human behaviors. Because that at the end of the day is risk management, that is safety, is we're trying to anticipate behaviors anticipate environments and contexts that create loss and then find ways to mitigate them. So I would say that really going back to that skateboard thought process, it, it's the wheels that are going to, to roll you down the road. And the deck is what you have the capability to build, interface with, change, do all these kind of different things with. Okay, great. So, so, you know, one of my old sayings when I was a chief analytics officer is doing, you know, kind of predictive models, right? It would do the same thing in the background, churn a lot of data and say, hey, did you think of this? Or are you aware of this? You know, turning data into information was a fool with a tool is still a fool. So can you help me understand how artificial intelligence, you know, realistically becomes user intelligence, maybe even using that same example. So the guy's talk, yeah. filling out the task, what's he getting? So essentially, let's say that we have a electrical foreman and that foreman is filling out their pre-test plan and they're going to be taking apart an electrical box today. And so when they go in there and when they say, hey, we're gonna take out an electrical box, there'll be risks that populate. So these are basically neural network found contributing factors of incidents. And one of those might be two neutrals connected. So whenever you test two neutrals, it'll show that it, there's no power. But in reality, there is power. Now, very few apprentices or people that aren't electricians would know that. Nixon knows that and tells the user that in real time. And then that user is able to tell his or her crew about that specific risk. So really getting into the nitty gritty of relationships with actions, risks, and mitigators is the beauty of kind of the modeling techniques is creating these relationships that then can allow for someone in the field to, you know, PPE is obviously very important, but I feel like that is the constant because we don't know what else to talk about. And in Nixon, that's really been the goal for us is, is to get tangible information to the people who need it when they need it. Great. So, you know, that, that sounds like a real example of how a contractor uses tool, artificial intelligence to optimize decision-making, you know, in the field, right? They're, this is what they might talk about at a safety meeting that day, uh, make sure that the right safety equipment is there, those things. Is, is that, do I have that right? 
You do. Yeah, I think that we, we really are trying to do it in a few different tiers, right? So there's the foreman level, there's the field safety level, and then there's the project executive level. And we're trying to give those three tiers information when they need it and how they need it, right? So I described kind of the foreman. That foreman kind of relates directly to then the safety representative in the field. And then from there, when the foreman completes that pre-task plan on a daily basis, we're going to be looking at crew man hours, how many people are in the crew, how many foremen might be associated to one supervisor, the crew member experience, and we're giving that to the project executives in real time. So as a general contractor, as a subcontractor, as an owner, you're able to start seeing what your manpower allocation looks like. You know, So we'll break it down from apprentice to journeyman to labor, carpenter, electrician. So we're breaking down craft type, we're breaking down job title, crew experience, and we're kind of giving multiple tiers of empirical data to people, again, with the mission of we want Nixon to be the vehicle that allows the user to anticipate human behaviors, right? So if I go to a job site and I have 20 foremen and one foreman's crew has an experience level on average of two and a half years, and they're doing the task that they're doing today has been rated in Nixon at a 97. And then I have another crew at my same company that has 11 years of experience on average, and they're doing tasks that are rated at 58. Well, now the project executive gets to ask the question to, to everyone, hey, why aren't we allocating people to the right places? Why aren't we trying to set people up to succeed? And I think that that's prediction and predictive safety. And those are the measures that no one really talks about because they're not capturing those contributing factors in real time. And I think that's why Nixon kind of really does drive to the field and, and make an impact. Okay, so you know, you used a lot of numbers there, 57 and 97. But I'm assuming in those scoring mechanisms, one crew needs maybe more guidance or potentially more safety information or risk mitigation than the other team. And there, and you could in real time make some changes in staffing or supervision or training and education. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that the, the probably, and I apologize for not explaining that in the upfront, but the better way to look at it is Nixon is trying to put conf, working in a confined space and using an A-frame ladder on the same scale. Right. So whenever it says 97, that doesn't necessarily mean that anyone in that crew is doing anything wrong. It just means the work that that crew is going to be doing that day based off of the actions, the risk and the mitigators in place or not in place is measuring at a 97. So the scale kind of works one to 99 and the scale is completely built on machine learning techniques. And uh, I think right now we have about 1.4 terabytes of data. So if I put them on a football field, it would be like 10 reams high of paper across the entire football field. So okay. that's really what we're trying to bring to a company and say, right. hey, interface with this data first in a global cloud. And then over time, what's going to happen is Nixon will begin to build out your local cloud. And at that time, you're just working off of all of your own performance, right? right. So the model is learning how you perform it's rating risk based off of that, and then it's allowing users to see that in real time. Hmm. No, interesting. And I'm assuming, help me out here, Kevin, because I don't know, is 99 good or, or is 99 
riskier. Yeah. So nine. So the one to ninety nine scale would be one is the lowest amount of risk, ninety nine the highest amount of risk, and then we're trying to measure the in between. I think that that's like one of the big highlights is that in safety right now, when everyone talks about data, they're typically talking about outcomes, right? So they're saying, hey, this year we had. 700 near misses and 28 incidents and 58 property damages. Those are all outcomes and those matter. However, there's no measurement of the process that led to. And that's what Nixon's really trying to provide is all these contributing factors and when they lead to an incident and then also when they don't lead to incident. Because I think that a lot of times a safety professional is put in a place or a risk manager is put in a place, hey, we need to make corrective action. And so the question then becomes, is the corrective action counterintuitive to our organization, yes or no? And very rarely does anyone have the data to say, hey, we've done this 10,000 times and this one time might be an outlier or it might be a trend that we just don't realize. And the only way you can realize that is through measuring processes. Got it. So uh, so make sure I understand that the the tool doesn't just rely on near misses or actual accidents in in, in the traditional sense of how we figure out what could be riskier or less. And and it's kind of after the fact, it's more proactive. So explain, you know, one thing, how the tool provides a risk assessment at the individual level, right? Because you said it, it's kind of macro level and it starts building down and identify a critical risk path or what a contractor could exactly do with that information. You, you gave us kind of one example, go to this crew, but just at a higher level, right? You said this could sure. you know, change processes. So what? give me an example of that. So let's say that for the past six months, We've been a company has been utilizing Nixon and they're a pipe fitter, right? So they go to oil and gas, they go to brewing houses, they go all over the place and they're installing pipe. And within six months, they start to realize that they are not that good at building scaffolding. So moving out of that six month period, they say, hey, we're going to start third partying the scaffold out. Now their bids might increase because they have to third party it out. However, the expected value there long-term is they're actually going to limit the amount of risk that they face on a daily basis. They're gonna transfer that risk to someone else, um, to another company and allow themselves to do what they're actually really good at and that's fitting pipe. You know, So those are some of the examples where we start to look at like, what do you take on? What does your workforce know? How do they know it? How are they trained on it? And then how effective is their performance? And when we start to see some of these lagging performance pieces, we start to ask those critical questions like, is this something that we want to do moving forward? Does it actually make more sense? I understand that to win the bid, it it probably needs to be the lowest or one of the lowest. However, when you can express, this isn't something that we would typically do. And because we don't typically do it, our workforce will be more likely to see incident, to see injury, to see stoppage and work, to see change order, whatever it may be. And those are the places that we can try to limit exposure. And by limiting exposure, we limit loss and long-term make everyone more money is the goal. Got it. 
Well, Kevin, this has been fantastic. The Las Vegas Construction Risk Conference by Army was sold out, so not everybody got to see your presentation there. But if they want more information, as one of our guests today on the podcast, they can find your information on ermi.com because you were a sponsor or go to your website, right? And of course, ERMI has a lot of free resources and even better subscription material that's available at ERMI.com and a free newsletter for all construction insurance risk professionals. So thanks for being our guest today, Kevin. Thank you so much. I really appreciate yourself and ERMI all together. <laughs>